It's one of the best ways we've seen people monetize an audience, isn't it? You've got this kind of value ladder you work way up, isn't it? You can create an ebook or a little bit of information, then you create a course. It's all just information products. But then the next ones that become much more defensible are actual real products, whether it's physical or whether it's an app, a bit of software, something like that. All right, welcome to another Creator Toolbox. How are you getting on, Jacob? Good, good to be back. Yeah, indeed. How are you feeling after the last one, the last episode? Yeah, good. Nice to get behind a mic again. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice thing to look forward to. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah, cool. Nice. Well, I'm Colin Gray. For everyone out there listening, Jacob as well is here. Jacob Anderson, both from the oh. podcast host and Alitu, and we're talking creator toolboxes, everything you need, the nuts and bolts behind a creator business. So what have we got today, uh, Jake? I almost said Matthew there. I'm too used to talking to Matthew on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take offence. <laughs> Shall we jump right into the tools of the week, Jacob? What have you got yeah, for us this week? Let's do it. Um, so I have been playing about with something called TL Draw. I saw it doing the rounds on Twitter. And yeah. it's like really early, as most AI-related things are. Um, mm-hmm. It gives you a hint as to what it is. <laughs> so it's essentially you you can come in here and sketch anything. Um, so it's like uh, it's like whiteboard software. Um, yeah. But they've made this sort of demo of here's what the sort of future could look like. Um, and I think even right now, actually, there's little widgets and little little things that people can make for their for their site that they always just wouldn't be able to. So, for example, I've um, I've drawn a really bad picture of Pong. <laughs> and <laughs> just described it with some post-it notes to give it some real so you can see the red ones are the first post-it notes that I left on it and then the yeah. the orange ones were hmm, that's not quite right i'm going to add a few more thoughts to this yeah. Yeah. and then all you do is um well i've already run it i won't run it again so uh-huh. all you do is you press make it real yeah after selecting everything that you want to you want it to look at yeah and then so all I'm looking at here is a really lo-fi drawing like you've literally as if you've drawn it with your finger on your phone (laughs) (laughs) and then and then described it in a few words not even that many words eh yeah no no that's all and that's actually is that is that so I can see Pong right in front of me right now you're playing Pong are you controlling that right now yeah yeah that's my my, that's my mouse yeah it's um yeah It's a little bit buggy and yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah. Like I say, it's very early, but the fact that it's yeah. working at all, like, you know, yeah. like it's got a, it knows when you've won, it keeps track of the score. It's really, really yeah. tiny. You probably can't see it. Um, one thing that I've seen people do that I haven't figured out how to do yet is how yeah. do I give it notes on this, like change this, change that. And I think it's actually as simple as like, I can draw an arrow and say this bit, um, uh-huh. change this. And you can point out a part of the interface, yeah. Yeah, and say, change this, change this, change this. Then I can select all that, click make real. Um, Oh, okay, I've I've refreshed. I need to give it my API. (laughs) I won't do (laughs) in the recording. Um, But yeah, I think it's it's really as simple as that. So So you can, so as a creator, you can make a little game for your audience. Uh, That maybe, I mean, could you bring the the kind of um, stuff that I've seen creators use this for? The type, even what we did actually at uh, the podcast show last year eh, for our mm-hmm. podcasters was actually just yep. take an existing concept, so Pong, for example, but turn the paddles into uh, your face and my face. And exactly. it, that, it, it, there's something bouncing off our heads side to yeah. side. And it's like a, just a silly little gimmicky thing that people still find fun and quite a cool thing to yeah. get out there potentially. 
exactly, exactly. And I was actually thinking for like for um for our site for the podcast, so it was like yeah, the kind of thing yeah. that we could put on there. Um, we made a, like a hosting picker. Yeah. I'm wondering how how advanced can you get with it? You know, yeah. like could we have it make some sort of like lead generation tool? You know, mm. I don't know how you mm. then would like sync connect that to your email marketing software or whatever. But yeah. like, I think that's where it's going. You know, it's not there right now. I don't think yeah. that someone who doesn't know how to code wouldn't be able to make that work. Mm. But I would say I don't know. Like, if, given given how fast this has went, give it a year or two, and yeah. um, we'll be there. You know, it's crazy. That's really cool. Is it's this kind of thing as well? I've heard about a lot of AI tools now that can actually create interfaces for not just games or something, but maybe you want to make a a little web app or something like that as well. The same kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. one of the other things that I did here, just as a little test, was and this is actually just a screenshot. So you don't actually have to to um to draw in the app. This mm -hmm. is just using GPT V, GPT Vision. Um yeah. so for the, the nerdier people who are listening, it converts it into uh, whatever you've done into a PNG. This is already a PNG. Uh -huh. And then it reads the base 64. So it actually reads the image itself. Yeah. Um, and I basically just said, make this real. So it just copied it. Not perfect. But again, mm -hmm. I went back, gave it a little bit, little not good start, make it yeah. make a dark mode, add the Google logo. Boom. It took me quite literally. Um, it didn't really add everything else. But like yeah. you can see the potential yeah 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 it's that, one, yeah. i mean it's one of the it's one of the best ways we've seen people monetize an audience isn't it where they can you, you've got this kind of value ladder you work way up isn't it you can you can create an ebook or a little bit of information then you create a course it's all just information products but then the next ones that become much more defensible are actual real products whether it's physical or whether it's a digital um like an app or a bit of software something like that but it's always been ridiculously high moat. Like it's really hard to make. You have to hire a team or you have to be a coder or something like that, or it's really expensive. Exactly. But it just means that, and like you say, it's going to be a long time before you can make like someone really, make someone really sophisticated. Like you're a, an accountancy podcaster and you can actually build like a zero competitor. It's going to be a yeah. while before <laughs> that's possible. But um, just to give an example, it was something, so I used to have, I still have, I suppose, but it's not very active, a mountain biking podcast <clears throat> um, and a website. So it was a blog and a podcast together, uh, just talking about mountain biking, because uh, I used to be really into that stuff I'm a bit, but um, more in my younger kid-free days, to be fair. <laughs> but back then I had an idea and I tried to get this made for an app whereby, um, for my training, I wanted to do more cycling, more swimming, more uh, running to get better at it uh, so that I could, it would apply to my mountain biking, but do triathlons and stuff like that as well. Uh, and th the idea was that I could challenge my friends to uh, to do something to, to motivate us all. But the problem is that my brother is way better than me. So I wanted to challenge him, but like, <laughs> I'm never going to be as fast as him on a mile. Uh, so it kind of seemed pointless. And uh, I've got a friend who's a way better swimmer than me. So same with him. But I thought about just creating a really simple app and you could do it almost in a spreadsheet where um, you challenge to uh, be to get better, essentially, like the percentage better. So if I take a, you know, seven minutes to run a mile, can I reduce that by 20%? And he's got to do the same thing. Both of them have got to do the same thing, but obviously that's, it's a different time, but you can challenge based on just a percentage. So it's actually a pretty simple concept 
but I wanted to build a whole tool around that. And I played around with it. I tried coding it myself. I tried employing some other people to do it, but it was just too pernickety, too fiddly, just didn't have the time. But that feels like the kind of thing I could build in something like this. Yeah. Because it's, it's quite great, but... defined. Yeah, it's quite simple. And I think, yeah, almost any creator could have like a, a product based on some little challenge, some little desire, some little cool thing that their audience would want to do. So that's, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool that kind of stuff's coming out. Yeah, for sure. It's really, really exciting. Nice. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, so for me this week, tools, I'm just neck deep in uh, community and teaching platforms at the moment. So I suppose <laughs> I wanted to just kind of share some of my findings there because there's way too many out there. Um, well, it's not too many, I suppose, but there's loads of options out there and it took us a long time to get to <clears throat> to choosing, to building and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, you've seen me kind of tear my hair out over the last what two months, three months, even it's maybe even longer than that. Yeah, um, it's been a road, it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think this applies to just about any creator, whether you're a podcaster, a blogger, a, um, a YouTuber. Um, like we said, one of those first kind of rungs in the value ladder is often a, whether it's a little info product or a, or a course, a course or a membership is often quite a good one. So. So. Yeah, so let's run through a few of them. Like we started out on um, on Circle, didn't we? Circle is one of our like where we run our community, and yeah, I mean Circle's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I love Circle. It's great at what it does. The um what what they launched with, and I think yeah. they're just trying to expand it now, and they're maybe just not um as far ahead in certain places, like specifically courses. Yeah. They're not as far ahead in courses yeah. as other people are, but then other people aren't as far ahead or don't feel as developed in community so yeah i think i think they're fantastic if it's like uh community first yes exactly yeah i see that's that's exactly my thoughts too it's a great community platform i think it is it's the best community platform i've found out there just yeah. now for simply yeah. letting people interact building little area like areas for people to to collaborate to communicate all that kind of stuff it's a great little platform and they have got courses like you say but it's very basic and it's really hard to, my trouble with it was it was really hard to guide people around. Like you just kind of have this big bucket of courses. You can't really create a curriculum. You can't give too much guidance. You can't, you can't show them to people very yeah. easily and guide them through. So um, we've always used in the past, we've always used WordPress. Uh, and I used to use, well, we still have, to be fair, uh, our kind of our old v1 of the academy built in wordpress on uh an lms plugin called <clears throat> called memberoni mm -hmm. uh, and that's really nice actually it's a really good little platform um quite takes a lot of work that's the trouble it's it's quite hard you've got to keep a wordpress site updated it's kind of yeah. there's a lot less design help so you, if you want to make it look really good or be quite branded it's a lot more hard work um but then again, on the other hand, Circle, very little in the way of branding. Most of these, it is quite hard to get them branded. So if you do have the development chops, then you can probably, you can customize your WordPress site and those kind of plugins more. So that's the advantage. But downside, obviously, being the maintenance and the work involved in that. Um, and I did start to investigate this plugin called Buddy Boss as well, which is really promising. You quite like to look at that one, eh? Yeah, actually, it looks great. I I yeah. just have trust issues with WordPress plugins that look great and yeah. end up being really <laughs> fiddly and just slow and that. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably all different now. <laughs> no, it, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think there's there's definitely good and bad ones. I think this one could be a good one, but 
I think that's exactly it. There's just, you see all the screenshots, you see these kind of really fully functioning things, and then you try and implement it yourself. And it turns out that there's so many different settings, but also so many different little restrictions and so many little oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways, you just want it kind of managed for you. And that's what the other platforms do. So I kind of veered away from that in the end, thinking more and more these days, I think I'm willing to sacrifice a bit of customizability, a bit of flexibility to um, to just make things easier to work with and spend less time on all that background stuff that doesn't really make the slightest bit of difference to your members. Yeah. Um, so moved away from that. Um, other ones we went through, I think Thinkific is a really good example of that, actually. Thinkific, the three of us, me, you and Allegra, all thought this looks really good, um, quite a powerful platform. But once you actually start to get in there properly, it's just really quite, oh, it's just really quite clunky and yeah. really restrictive. And there's all these really weird little niggles that just got to me over time. I was I built almost the whole thing in there before abandoning it because it was just too much. Um, too many little niggles kind of added up to one big yeah. problem. So, yeah. And the, the other two that I played around with, I actually, I like Podia a lot. I think Podia mm -hmm. is a really nice little product. I think it treads that line of um, simplicity, but flexibility, uh, kind of templates that you can customize a fair bit, but don't give you too much to fiddle with. Um, so if we hadn't ended up where we had, which I'll share in a sec, I think I would have went with Podia. Um, but I just, uh, it was the community in the end put me off that actually. The community just didn't really have the, the flexibility and the power I wanted as well. Like I just, there needed to be more, detail around like being able to set up separate spaces give access to separate spaces for some people but not others like have different levels of them that kind of stuff so the community part was just the troublesome part for me there and the final one's teachable teachable is a really nice platform for just selling courses and digital products uh but it's got zero in terms of community so i kind of ruled that out in the end it's quite old school feeling now to be honest teachable like on the back and the front ends you know I don't know what it is about it. It just feels a little bit uh, yeah. unloved and musty. <laughs> it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it is. It was like, it was probably, I don't know. I, my impression, my memory is it was one of the first out that really kind of started to tackle that idea. Yeah, it was. Like, yeah, it was. It was big, it's like a big, big player. There still are like, yeah. if you, you know, if you go looking for something to hold your courses, most people will come across Teachable at yeah. least first or second. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but but you're right. It it just doesn't seem to have developed at all. Like it's barely changed. And I might be being totally unfair here. They might have added a whole bunch of nice little things, but that's the thing. I think my impression is they're all just little things that haven't made a much of an impact, and it's still just the same old. And you know, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Like going all in on what you know well, what you do well, and I'm sure they do very well on that basis. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. My my impression is, and I think you really highlight. You kept coming back to this was community needs to be a big part of what we are doing. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of part, but not 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 to go into it too much just now. But I think that's got a lot to do with uh, the fragmentation of social media, you know. And I think that's why it's becoming much more important to have community in your learning spaces because people can't go in the same way that they could um, to to Twitter. Twitter's not really the same as it was. Uh, Facebook yeah. groups don't really work the same anymore. I feel like things are moving much more towards sort of smaller. We're going from forums to social media back to forums, kind of. Not really forums, but more like yeah, whatever communities are becoming now. Or that's my yeah. take on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I thought I liked the way you put it the other day. Actually, when we were chatting about this, the that uh, yeah, you felt like um, social media had killed the old school forum, but what <laughs> forums have now killed social media? It's going to run back again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that was quite insightful. So yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, where we've ended up actually in the end, and this was thanks to in part one of the things we talked about last week around us switching to ConvertKit recently was that ConvertKit brought to mind um, Mighty Networks again, because they mm. just partner. Shows shows some of the power of like integrations, doesn't it? For Yeah. This is like, it's like working with other partners, collaborations, because I really hadn't. I, I used Mighty Networks ages ago, like maybe three, four years ago for a community I was a part of, and I didn't actually like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was a combination of it's changed a lot since then, and I think that community didn't use it very well. Yeah. So, but when ConvertKit announced that, I had another look back at it and I thought, you know what? This is actually really good. And I think Mighty Networks now has the best balance I've found of a really good community space, um, been able to give a lot of different like flexibility around permissions to spaces, like been able to kind of organize things really well, been able to, and this was the thing that really kind of won me over was the, the way that you can feature parts i don't even know the language really they they use like i can feature a course i can feature a um a conversation i can feature a, a product i can feature a just a, a blog post like you can create yeah. blog posts inside it as well and you can have all these things side by side at the top of any given space and have full control over how they appear so and for me as a like a, a teacher by background like my big thing is for these kind of places as you need to be able to give people a framework uh, a guidance, a curriculum to get in there. Otherwise, they just end up and they get like 20 different courses thrown at them, 50 different resources thrown at them. They don't know where to go. They don't know where yeah. to start. So yeah. that was what won me over the fact that Mighty Networks, every single space in there, you can name nicely, you can organize them nicely, but then you can also give them a little bit of guidance at the top of every single one um, and put them in. And, and every space as well, you can have like a, a chat attached as well as a feed, as well as a, um, a kind of resource bank. There's just some really nice customization around what you can include in each space and how you can organize them all. So yeah. that's where the flip side of that is like, I think their, their approach to building this product has been let's create everything and give them mm. access to everything. You know, there's yes. a lot in there that you can do. It's so feature rich, <laughs> so dense. That I think um, I've been part of a few Mighty Networks communities and it's just been too much. So um, I think it has the sort of flexibility that we're probably looking to get from WordPress, yeah. but yep. it's managed. No, obviously not quite the same. It's not like you can, you know, completely change the layout or anything like yeah. that. But yeah. it's great. You just have to be careful, I think. Um, you have to be wary of not Agreed. using yeah. too much. But yeah. they've done a good thing, I think, in giving you the option and the flexibility to use whatever you want to use. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, agreed. I I ended up testing everything, and and the whole place looked a bit like a mess <laughs> at first. I'm gonna cut it all back now. Um, but uh, yeah, and it, it is. Oh, it's pretty hard to figure your way around it in the first place. Like I took mm. a couple of days to kind of get used to where stuff was, and there's settings buried like twelve layers deep, and all the kind of pages, and so it's it's hard to get your head around. There's a bit of a steep learning curve. Um, but I found it worth it so far. I'm going to come back. Well, we can come back to this in a few months once we've actually been running it actively for a little while because yeah. you never know what happens once you start really getting into something. But yeah, I'm liking it so far. So yeah, that's a week kind of rundown on uh, 
community and teaching platforms as of right now, January, no, sorry, January, <laughs> December uh, 23, as far as I'm concerned. Nice. Cool. All right. Have you got one more? You've got another tool here. What's this? Uh, just a little thing. I had such a, an aha, this is so cool moment the other day. So I already pay for, um, going back to AI, I already pay for um, ChatGPT Pro. Right. So I had, I was running a, a Cyber Monday sale. I had to get 50 discount codes put into Stripe, our payment processor. And I think what I'd done was I generated them, put them into Stripe, and then I couldn't get them back out. I didn't have a copy of it anywhere. And I was like, great, I'm going to have to put these codes actually into the place that we're delivering the codes. And I was going to have to manually copy and paste them one by one. What I actually did was I took a screenshot of the two pages of codes. Drop that into <laughs> ChatGPT and said, yeah. "Just make a list, please. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> and I just like continued on with another task and came back yeah. to it. It was great. Like it's um yeah I don't know. And it just read really them off the image. Yeah, I just read them off yeah. the image, and I uh, you know spot checked a few because like hmm, I might just make it up, but uh, no, it was yeah. working fine. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. I yeah I've been I've been finding more and more things to do like really weird little things to do with it as well like stuff kind of like that like now that you can bring in all the different modalities especially being able to upload data I've used it for that a fair few times now yeah. like I used to I'm pretty good with a spreadsheet like I'm good with Excel and I, and I can figure out how to take like a whole big bunch of stuff and turn it into the thing that I need but it mm. would take half an hour still like to do yeah. all the formulas and figure it out and format it but with ChatGPT, you just upload it and say, right, so I've got like 27 different things in a list here. Can you just pick out just these parts of it and give me a list of that? And it just, yeah, yeah that's really good. I found it really good for um, like long form answers and stuff as well. So any like surveys, obviously, you know, have to remove personal identifying data and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you've got long form answers in there, you can ask it to either just give you like just give you a text response or yeah. give me some of the some of the ideas and themes that are going on in here or actually expand the csv and add a column with tags yeah in it yeah. as well so that you can kind of go through it it's yeah it's great it's um, um stuff that you just couldn't automate before at yeah. all absolutely yeah 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 and the coaching side i'm using more and more as well like uh, ga4 <laughs> try try to set up reports in google analytics yeah. for has uh, the the guidance the instructions are just like <laughs> I mean, they're extensive, but they're too much. They're just like, they're just awful. They're so dense. Let's try to find out how to do. Uh, it's terrible. Anyway, I just type it into ChatGPT now. I say, right, I want to figure out um, how to create a report of um, time on page for all our visitors to this one particular blog post. Yeah. Uh, and it just gives me a set of steps and I just follow it through and it does it. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I want a so, plug-in. I want a plug-in yeah. so they can actually just make reports. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That would be so good. <laughs> that probably isn't far away, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah, no, a nice one. Yeah, we should come up, we should um, have that as a segment on the show. Like, what have we used it for, Fancy, this week? Yeah. New things we've used. <laughs> cool. All right. What about some creators of the week, then? We've got a few of these noted down. Hmm. Right. My one is, so there's a guy I've been following for probably um, two, three years now. Uh, his name is Richie, and I don't know his second name now that I think about oh. it. I uh, don't know if he shares it. He probably does share it on the channel, but it's not a big part of the brand. The brand is Team Richie. Uh, it's also sometimes he's had Hustle Made, ST, HSTL Made in the channel as well. And essentially, it's about, originally, it was about CrossFit. 
It was about um, <clears throat> the fact that he was a CrossFit athlete. Uh, he was developing all the skills around that. And I was into that. So I'm um, still do that. But um, I was kind of heavy into that like three, four years ago. Um, really enthusiastic about that content, followed along with a lot of it. And I really got into his. Um, he's got, he's pretty, he's like one of these kind of um, very successful, but still kind of mid-tier. So like, well, I don't know, has that been unfair? He's got 350k subs, basically. So 350,000 yeah, subscribers. It kind of is, though. Like, when you compare like, it to some of the channels out there. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's super successful by any measure, isn't it? But it's like, yeah. you kind of, um, you have too many of these comparisons of people hitting a million subscribers and stuff like that. But anyway, for us, and like the people that we kind of, um, in our kind of tier, that is like, that's a, a dream number of subscribers. So he's very successful by any measure. Uh, just a few, yeah, there's a few things just really interesting about his channel. A couple of things I want to dig into, get your thoughts on. Like one thing is he does much better on short. I don't know whether this is a thing. I need to do a bit of research around this. Let me know what you think. He mm. does way better on shorts than he does on normal videos these days. Yeah. So he gets like, every time he posts a short, he gets like thirty to 60,000 or so compared to maybe twenty-five to only 30,000 on normal videos. So around half on his normal yeah. videos, that kind of thing. Is that normal, do you think? I think it is. We've had a similar experience. Some of our shots that we've some of them up. have done really, w yeah, really well. It's a yeah. it's a discoverability thing, mm. and it's uh, I think it's just the behavior of how people are um, consuming video. Like for me personally, I don't often go on YouTube just to find a fifteen minute video anymore. And I used to yeah. do that all the time. I if yeah. I've got what I'll do now is if I've got five minutes to scroll, I'll go into shorts. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got shorts and I'll just because it, it knows me well and it knows what I'm into. It knows what I'm into right <laughs> now. Um, so like I think that Serving makes sense. Up some delicious YouTube shorts on a platter, basically, exactly. just for you. <laughs> yeah, um, and like obviously longer form videos to that already. You've got the recommended, yeah. but it, the it kind of makes sense because you can watch more shorts in a session than you can a yeah. video. So yeah. it There's might not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. His yeah, his. I wonder. I'll bring it up actually, because his um his average video, his videos are quite long actually by any stretch, by any kind of measure. I think they're like twenty, mm. thirty, forty minutes. Although is that long these days? I wonder. Um, but I like them. He's kind of very traditional blog for uh, vlogging format. Like he just kind of carries his, his camera around. It's all, it's all quite. Um, let me get this up one sec. It's all quite kind of uh, rough and ready in mm. many ways. Um, so, uh, this is actually the other one I was going to share as well. Where's that screen gone? Uh, um, he, so yeah, it's rough and ready. It's like, does that, I wonder if that still works, that format, because that's kind of what I was slightly curious about is whether, you know, the kind of under edited type of thing, like he talks, yeah. like there's not a lot of kind of curation in there. Um, there's, there's a lot of just general chat. There's like cameras in the back of his car. Uh, like filming him and his girlfriend just chatting on the way to work, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's a funny one. I, I, don't know, I don't know if that kind of thing is kind of dying away a little bit in favor of like hugely overproduced videos. Like you look at the kind of, what they call it, the beastification of YouTube, like how much work he puts into his videos and and even like the non-Mr. Beast type people. Like uh, there's so many like really good documentary channels now and stuff like, like it's more like TV now than the kind of old school vlogging, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's still space for both, though. No, you think? yeah, 
I don't know. It depends. Like, what are you sitting down to watch? Are you sitting down to watch entertainment? Are you sitting? Are you wanting sort of knowledge or yeah. that kind of thing? You know, like the the one that I talked about last thing, um, bald and bankrupt. That's that's yes. a great example of how the content actually can just be more important than the the production value. Yeah, yeah, doesn't absolutely. matter. It actually yeah, kind of adds yeah. to it. It's real, like this. It yeah. would. I don't know. It's, yeah. um, it's it's doing a different job, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's kind of much more personal, isn't it? I think it builds maybe maybe it builds lower numbers, but much higher engagement potentially. Yeah. I wonder if it's something around that, like people are really into it. Like so, that kind of leads into the other stuff that I think is really interesting about him. They so he shared a video recently about um, what was it called? It was called uh, "Losing Quarter of a Million Sucks." I think it was. <clears throat> and essentially the story was that um, his channel has been really successful, as we've talked about. Like That's a massive amount of subscribers. Here it is here, losing a quarter of a million sucks. And it's, <clears throat> and it, but he talked about the fact that because of that, they decided to go to double down on it. And they decided to go into products and merch. And he does, he's got loads of merchandise around it. Like they've got loads of clothes and stuff with the, with the hustle made, this HSTL branding it's really cool stuff actually and he talked in a video about they really went um in on quality as well so they so they went on expensive stuff and so the margins are lower cost more to get it it also means that it you find that if you want to go the kind of um print on demand method the quality doesn't tend to be brilliant because because uh. <laughs> to get really good quality garments printed they, they have to buy massive bulk so he's had to pay like he's had to spend like 100 grand on getting like you know a thousand jumpers oh that's not right they don't cost <laughs> they don't cost 100 <laughs> quid per jumper but it's not like a million miles off that yeah they've had to spend a lot of money on getting this product in and buying in bulk um, yeah. and essentially it didn't go as well as they wanted they didn't sell half as many as they expected maybe partly um, misjudging what the demand is, partly uh, economic environment, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it was really kind of a, it was a really interesting video because I think it probably reflected, um, I don't know, a mindset that I don't, I know we've gone through, I've gone through certainly for our business and I'm, I know a lot of other people to do around, right, this is going well. I need to do more. I need to go bigger. I need to do something. I need to add to this. And that's exactly what they did. Because he said in the video as well, they can afford it. They've managed to ride this out, this kind of losing quarter of a million pounds because they had built up a really big cash buffer through yeah. the last couple of years. So it's obviously been a really profitable business up until now, um, just with the content and potentially a little bit of merch and whatever else he does, sponsored brand content, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. But the merch, the product just hasn't done quite as well, even though they added it in. So it's a funny one here because I don't want to say don't do it, <laughs> but there's definitely something around it's not right for everyone. And sometimes I think there is a really good reason to, um, if a business is going really well and is quite profitable, and sometimes it's a good idea to stick with that rather than kind of add more and make it more work for potentially not much extra benefit. Yeah, yeah. it's the uh, It can come in many forms, but trying to scale too fast. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. To. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, I really I enjoyed that video. That's, um, I think, last time I looked, that video, yeah. So that's a much, it's a higher view. It's got two to three times these normal views as well. So it's obviously resonated with this audience. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, people cool. love a pain story. 
Well, totally. Yeah, a disaster story. But he's a really good creator. Um, love the stuff he does. Super consistent. Like, just has stuff coming out all the time. Puts so much into it. Like, travels a lot. Some of his videos are really interesting because he's actually all across in the US, like visiting some of the big, massive uh, CrossFit stars. He's mm. a lot of the benefit he's got from it. I think has been able to go to these events as a a media creator and actually chat to all of the big names and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, he's got such access now because of this too. So, you know, there's other, other benefits to doing this stuff than sure. just the money side of things. Cool. But yeah. All right. What about yourself? Who's your creator of the week this week? My creator of the week, maybe the century is, um, Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a drum roll sound effect. Where's the, <laughs> um, so, Seth Godin. Seth Godin has been uh, running okay. his blog. And I love uh, Seth. Not ways. overhyped. This not overhyped. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love I love him for many reasons. But the reason I actually wanted to talk to him, talk about him this week was one of his probably more underappreciated works compared to like his books and the lectures that he's done and stuff like that. But he's been running his blog since 2002. And I think you could count <laughs> oh. on both hands how many days he's missed a post. Yeah, and that's daily. That is insane, and I just think it's one of the best examples of consistency out there at all. Yeah, and it's a really interesting format as well because my take on it is that he isn't necessarily trying to teach you anything. Yeah, he's trying to document for himself. He's trying to work out his own thoughts and work out his own philosophy and yeah. keep track of his own learnings, and that just becomes naturally good content essentially um but i think it has it's um it's been a big part of that consistent bit of content every day they're not long posts they're quite short some of them are a few sentences you know mm -hmm. um yeah. but that uh and, and he, he says so himself how much that has helped him gain perspective gain respect help him get into the routine of making like it's something that you or me could do you know we could we could write a post that length in 15 yeah. minutes every day they're not super yeah. polished they're not there's nothing fancy but the the benefits of of being that consistent even when you're already huge yeah. or um are massive so there's a little segment in here if you skip to the sort of first chapter if you hover oh, okay yeah he's yeah. actually yeah. he's got so, Seth in there and yep. he's just talking okay. about his yeah his thoughts on on essentially being Consistent okay. for seven thousand cool. days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's hear from let's hear from Seth himself. But Seth, um, what do you think? Like, uh, glad you came on our podcast. Um, what's your uh, what's your thoughts? <laughs> yes, I have Oops, not sorry, I missed a day yeah. and seven thousand plus posts into it. Writing a blog every day has been a fantastic practice for me. I don't know how many people read it. I don't seek to monetize it. That's not what it's for. What it's for is I made a decision one time to write every day. And so I don't have to revisit that decision. I don't post a blog post because I feel like it. And I don't post a blog post because it's perfect. I post a blog post because it's tomorrow. <laughs> and that idea helps the work move forward. Oh, I love that. That's, yeah, yeah. ties in so many different ideas like that's kind of um Stephen Pressfield's War of Art as well, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. we, do, we don't like <sighs> amateurs procrastinate and get um, like all tied up and making things perfect and getting writer's block and professionals, writer block is not a thing because you just turn up and do the work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, And also also the kind of um, the structure there as well, like they're taking away decisions. I love that too. I always think about that. Like, what can I do 
to make it so that I don't have to, I don't fatigue myself, decision fatigue. I just turn up and I just get it done. I think structure is a huge thing for that, but his structure is, yeah, it's just one post a day. That's all it is. That's it. It's not overcomplicated. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we can we can all be Seth then. All we have to do is write something every single day for what, 700, <laughs> 7,000 days. That's really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually next week, I might, um, I might do Behind the Brand, that YouTube channel. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool things. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what else have we got this week then? Should we pop on to uh, what do we make? What have we been up to? Yeah. Update on my past activities. What have you been up to? Well, I've been up to. Well, one of the things that I've been up to this week is outsourcing. I thought that'd be worth a quick mm-hmm. chat about. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we are we we I I built a little tool called um the Alitu Show Planner, which is um using a little bit of AI in the background, taking in some questions from people about mm-hmm an idea that they have for a podcast and then try to turn that into a plan for a show mm-hmm. um, with like a script. It'll generate name ideas for you. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool little tool, but I am not a developer. I have a little bit of like technical background, um, but not, not really enough to justify pulling this off. And really the only reason I managed to actually get a workable tool is because I, I used some, uh, some chat GPT to help me write it. <laughs> and like, yeah. well, I, or, more more coach me on how to how to write the code um there was a fair bit of copy paste too but anyway yeah um it's gotten to a point now where actually it's it's working quite well for us as a lead gentle it's good but we've got some ideas of things that are maybe not working quite right some mm-hmm. things that we want to add to it um long story short we want to find a developer to do it now i've been on the other end of this i've been i've been a freelancer i've been a freelance developer actually um <laughs> mostly on the WordPress side of things, which is why I'm um, so anti-WordPress because after working in it, I don't think I want to go back to it. But yeah, so it's a weird, it's always a bit of a weird experience. It's not the first time that we've done, that I've tried to outsource something um, while, while, while working with you, but uh, it's always a bit of a strange experience for me. And I'm never quite sure, like one of the questions that I asked you the other day is like, how do I know what a fair rate is? How do I know... Like how do you pick? So you've done you've done loads of outsourcing. What is your what's your top three tips on trying to outsource stuff? Because everyone needs to get needs to do it eventually for many things. Yeah, I I think the main thing I learned over the years was um well there's probably two things the the recruitment part is the hardest by far um because there's some great platforms out there um that you can search around on but they just they're they're utterly gamified by the people that are on there so if you post a project for example on upwork is one that i've used a lot still a good platform but it's so saturated that if you post a project that's um kind of in any way general like it's kind of helped me I, I don't, i'm looking for a va or i'm looking for a developer to help me build an app or i'm looking for a blog writer to help me write blog posts you're going to get literally hundreds of applications um so the key to recruitment is being the most ridiculously specific about uh, a very um defined first project and that first project you need to uh make sure that there's so many guidelines around it so uh i want something developed uh, here's like seven different skills that i need in it and here's exactly what we're going to build over the first um, part of this project i have a budget to pay for you know 
uh, $500 for this first project, um, which will qualify a lot of people as well. Uh, you'll get some people who are very good that can build it in a few hours that charge a lot, and that's fine. You'll get some people that aren't very good. Uh, it'll take like two weeks, but they charge much less, but you'll be able to weed them out in the next stage. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's figuring out a project, your kind of idea around the cost that you think that project is worth to you. And then I think that starts to define how much um, the hourly rate is. Because the hourly rate on these platforms is just so arbitrary, to be honest. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you count out people who charge $100 an hour because you think that's way too expensive. <clears throat> but it turns out that they can actually do it in two hours. And somebody that charges $5 an hour looks cheap, cheap as heck, but they take like three months to build it because they're not yeah. very good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more about, it's less about the hourly rate and much more about what this project is worth to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I often do put in something around um, like the kind of ongoing state. I think that does attract more people like say, this is a defined project for an initial period, but actually we do want to work with somebody long-term. So um, if you're interested in that, like we'd particularly welcome you to, um, or say something defined in the application. Like if you're interested in longer-term work, please let me know. Um, mm -hmm. give, me, give me a wee rundown on like where you work, you know, who you work with, uh, what your kind of common um, like tools are. You know, do you use Adobe for, you know, image editing, that kind of stuff. And tell me your free hours per week at the moment for ongoing work. And if you get really specific like that, it's a really easy way to weed people out because people who are just sending a copy and paste application, they won't like go through that detail. That's yeah. kind of the the real thing for me. Like you end up with a hundred applications. You need a really quick, easy way to go through and just discount people. And that's one of them. Like you say, yeah. <laughs> there used to be an old trick on Upwork where you you put in the application, um, at the bottom of the application, uh, I need to weed out the spam requests for this. So if you're oh, yeah. a real human and you've got to this point, put the code word panda at the yeah. top of your application. Yeah. I think you did one of them. So I, I, yeah. You did one of them in the one that I applied to. Yeah. That's how oh, I really? started working here. Yeah. <laughs> Through Upwork. That's yeah. how I started. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, that's smart. <laughs> so there's a few things anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's hard. You'll always go through a few people who are not your style. I wouldn't like, I hesitate to say people who are bad because everyone, like, you don't get many people who aren't trying and are properly trying to scam you or just not work very well or whatever. But you'll get people that don't suit your working style, don't suit your, um, you know, your personality, your values, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you'll go through a few of them to find somebody that you will work with. And, for example, we've got a person, well, you, we we met through Upwork, yeah. um, but even uh, I started working, one lady that works in our company has been working with me longer than anyone else in this entire company. And I met her through Upwork as a kind of old school looking for a VA. And she just helped me out with a whole bunch of stuff. She was just very good and just started doing more and more and more stuff. And now she's a proper full employee of the company. Uh and that was all through a platform like that. So you can find great people through it yeah. um, if you kind of um, if you figure out a way to do that filtering in the first step. I think yeah. <laughs> some really good advice. Cool, <laughs> cool. And my squirrel podcast that I've been planning in your show planner in the background. My uh, mm. names are going to be oh, Telltales. Telltales. Uh. Nuts about squirrels. <laughs> Gaffaw. Scurious banana. Is that like a 
Is that like a Latin name for squirrels or something? Oh, it might be. Squirrelacious podcast. Scurious Bonanza. Give me some more. I want to see some more. (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel Tales, the nutshell, the nutshell, acorned, the squirrel show. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Me, what have I been doing? Uh, Emails. Really just working on emails, actually. Still mm-hmm. on this, um, we've moved into ConvertKit now. I'm kind of thinking really kind of starting to think much more deeply about the longer term funnel at the moment. So I can kind of update on this over the weeks. But at the moment, it's really thinking about changing our newsletter a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure how much this applies to other people. I'm not even sure it's a, the best idea in the world. But I think it could work for us. The thing we're thinking about changing is we used to write, we still do, I suppose, but we're changing right now. Um, from a newsletter which was created every single week to reflect things that I have been using this week, articles that we've published this week, other articles externally that I've found that are really useful to podcasters, a bit of gear that I found that's really useful. It's kind of like a collection of cool things. Um useful to podcasters. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um and making that every single week. And it being relatively general, quite mixed across all the categories, across all the levels of podcasting, that kind of stuff. So everyone, hopefully, in our audience finds something useful to them, but there'll be at least a couple of things in there that's not relevant to their current stage or level or whatever as well. And what we're changing over to is actually looking to create a much more evergreen sequence, which, again, is nothing new either, but actually treating it like... uh, So when somebody signs up, actually, they don't go on their newsletter at all. They get probably a couple of emails every single week, one of which is something that we really try hard to tailor to their current interest, current level. Um, And another one, which is actually a completely automated digest of the stuff we're publishing. So it's kind of trying to be much more personalized with Mm. the real kind of cool things that i found this week (laughs) so it will still be some it will still be a few cool resources for them as in blog posts some of ours some external some gear um but uh much more tailored to what they are thinking about right now in terms of level and category and then basically automating the kind of general here's all the other stuff we've published this week in case there is something of interest to you and making that much briefer so We'll see how that goes, but yeah. Early early days, but the first small test of that sort of digest format seems to have worked really well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, ridiculously open, well. <laughs> yeah. Open rate of 47, was it, percent? Yeah. Um, and like nearly 10% clicks. It was like really good clicks. 8.9 or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is better than any previous pointers that I've done. So I don't know exactly why that is or how. Or yeah. It was a bit of a segment of our audience. It's definitely a more engaged recent segment of our audience. So that could have a fair bit to do with it. But still, I was surprised how well that went. So, yeah, maybe maybe there's something around that. Like we're talking about, you know, people just have so many things to do. Like you going into saying that I've only got five minutes right now, so I'll just watch shorts. So maybe being more specific is actually like a really yeah. worthwhile thing. So many people do newsletters these days, and we have as well, where you're trying to cram. You think, I can only email people once a week, can't I? Because I don't want to bother them more than that. So I'm going to cram seven different things in here. Yeah. Whereas maybe people would actually prefer seven different very short emails yeah. every day. If you think about it, it kind of makes sense though intuitively, right? Because 
if we so our classic newsletter um that we've done for years now it's got two sort of call to actions in it the first is read this and learn something and the second is click one of these many links Hmm. but if we're just sending a, a an email one email with the entire purpose of click one of these links yep that's like i don't know there's no there's no choice there if they've opened it and they're interested the next possible step is click on something. They're not going to waste whatever time, or not waste time, they're not going to use up their available time by reading anything that's already in the email. They're going to click and go to the site. It kind of makes sense. We're removing choice yep. and requirement. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dead mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And the tailoring stuff, the personalization, all that kind of stuff, I'm trying try to figure that out at the moment, but uh, it's tricky to do that because people do jump around and interest so much. Yeah. But I think we can do, I think we can do at least a level of it, a bit of it. Yeah. So, I think so like even, even loosely, it, yeah, like you say, it's hard, to, it's hard to get it to like match up exactly to what stage of the journey they're in. But I think even doing it this way at all, having some sort of structure and flow towards yeah. uh towards a direction i think that's going to help a lot because what we do is quite what we teach is quite linear it's like you don't have a podcast and then you have to make a plan for a podcast and then you have to do this and you have to do that and there's like this whole (laughs) sequence of events that gets you to the future where you have a podcast that has x many listeners and all that kind of stuff And there's just things that you have to do on that journey but like if we're sending just a, a newsletter every single week um that is sort of kind of just based on what you're thinking about or what yeah. you're doing, like uh, kind of, it's, it actually doesn't make that much sense because yeah. you're not learning how to start a podcast, even though you know how to teach all the stuff. Like it's just like at yeah. the whim of like what you, yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I'm really interested to see how this works out. I'm quite excited. So we'll yeah. we'll make sure to to share what we learn. Me too. Me too. Cool. All right, let's tie up there. Thanks, Jacob. Hope you out there enjoyed it as well. Um, We are asking for feedback. That's all we want you to do right now is let us know what you think. What parts do you like? What parts don't you like? What do you want us to cover? Tools, creators, all that stuff in the future. You can get in touch most directly over on X stroke Twitter, which is at the podcast host, the podcast host on there. And if you really don't like there, then go over to LinkedIn, probably the next best. Find me as Colin Gray. Search Colin Gray Podcast and you'll find me on there. Perfect. All right. Cheers, Jacob. Cheers, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Cheers.